Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the, the Lazy, Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never ending TV red files. <laughs> 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 so she's putting her cup down and I was waiting for it. <laughs> and I was waiting for you to finish. Communication. <laughs> Uh, today's episode, we're doing some spooky wrecks. Spooky! Spooky time! Yeah. Um, yes, we are saying that with a P, and we're saying it with a P on purpose. <laughs> okay. If my calculations are correct, <laughs> this should be coming out just before Halloween. We're going to find out if I can do... If I can do date... We're yeah. going to find out. <laughs> Hopefully... If not, this will help you start building next year's Tabra. But you should just read horror yeah. all the time, please and thank you. <laughs> so she has someone to talk to. Mm. <laughs> um, right, you're up. Let's just you're jump into the list. It. I've put them into like little categories. Categories? Yes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> like the upcoming reading update <laughs> Cannibals. Mm. <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> Visit. Right. Next week's episode. Yeah, that's next week's episode. Yeah, visit next week's episode. Yeah. But, no, it was <laughs> stay, Cannibals, stay Classics by. and Crime, wasn't it? Yeah, Cannibals, Classics, Crime. That's what that episode should be called. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll forget that. Right. <laughs> that's right. Future us will be telling us when we listen to the Call edit. it that. <laughs> okay, so these are books I recommend. So these are all books I have read. I won't go into too much detail on them today, but I will have spoken about all of them, I believe, on previous episodes. So mm-hmm. just go back and listen to our entire back catalogue. Go on, there's not that many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're bored at work. <laughs> um, okay, so the first one and the biggest one is beginner slash spoopy recommendations. Mm. So these are good for those that don't normally read horror or just want to put out some feelers to see if it's something I want to get into. So these are ones for me, probably. Yeah, um, so unintentionally, all of these books in the beginner section are YA or middle grade. Okay. Not intentional, just happened to be that way. Yeah. I'm not saying that YA horror is less horrific. There's a lot of YA horror that isn't on this list, so (laughs) yeah. Um, So the first one is The Taking of Jake Livingston, by Ryan Douglas. So this follows. I'm probably going to go by the descriptions rather than me trying to do it off the top of my head to stop rambling. Um, so yeah. Uh, so Jake Livingston is one of the only black kids at St. Clair Prep, one of the others being his infinitely more popular older brother. It's hard enough fitting in, but to make matters worse and definitely more complicated, Jake can see the dead. In fact, he sees the dead around him all the time. Most are harmless, stuck in their death loops as they relive their deaths over and over again. They don't interact often with people. But then Jake meets Sawyer, a troubled teen who shot and killed 16 kids at a local high school last year before taking his own life. Now a powerful, vengeful ghost, he has plans for his afterlife. Plans to include Jake. Mm. with all these books obviously the very nature of horror i would suggest looking up content warnings for all of them (laughs) and if you aren't already on storygraph i would very much recommend setting up a storygraph account it has the content warnings on there that 
um, readers and reviewers can submit. Yeah. Um, and they can also be approved or added by the author as well. So they're a really good collection of content mm. warnings. So yeah, Not just arbitrary ones signed by Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that book is really fun. It's uh, queer as well, if I remember correctly. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm. Which we love. Lots and lots. And the next one is one that Tony has recently read. Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. Yeah. Um, I feel that this would be a good beginner Mm. entrance into it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be really good um, for like a spoopy vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first in a series. No idea when the second one comes out as of yet. Um. And it follows Yadriel, who is a trans boy who has summoned a ghost and now he can't get rid of him. When his traditional Latinx, 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 whatever feels more comfortable for you mm-hmm. and whatever is actually correct, um, family has problems accepting his true gender, Yadriel becomes determined to prove himself a real brujo. Brujo. And bruja is Bruja the is female the version. Yeah. With the help of his cousin and his best friend Maritza, he performs the ritual himself and then sets out to find the ghost of his murdered cousin and set it at three. However, the ghost he summons is actually Julian Diaz, the school's resident bad boy. Is it Julian or Julian? Oh, he said Julian, mm. but I don't know if that is re- correct. Yeah. Um, and... Julian is not about to go quietly into death. He's determined to find out what happened and tie off some loose ends before he leaves. Left with no choice, Yadriel agrees to help Julian so they can both get what they want. But the longer Yadriel spends with Julian, the less he wants him to leave. So you can hear us go into more uh, discussion of this in next week's reading mm-hmm. update. Because um, Tony has literally just read this. Yes. but. Um, I think it's it really is Julian read. because they call him Jules as a nickname. Then it will be Julian, yeah. yeah. And it's got like kind of magic. Um, they, ghosts, I mean, they guard witch, a cemetery, witches. like his people guard a cemetery. Yeah. Um, it's Dies de Mertas. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mm. I don't know. Mertas? Dies de Muertas? Yeah, maybe that. I did actually listen to that as an audio book, mm. but it was so long ago, I can't remember now. I'm not very confident in speaking Spanish. Like, no. I can, I'm trying to do my Duolingo and learn some, but speaking it back, I feel really not mm. self-conscious doing. <laughs> speaking it is a different thing. Yeah. Um. Next on the list is Clown in a Cornfield, which is the first in the Clown like in a Cornfield series. One and yeah. I really didn't like it. By Adam uh, Caesar. Uh, so, Queen Maybrook and her father have moved to tiny, boring Kettle Springs to find a fresh start. But what they don't know is that ever since the Bay Pen Corn Syrup Factory shut down, Kettle Springs has cracked in half. On one side are the adults, who are desperate to make Kettle Springs great again, and on the other side are the kids, who want to have fun, make prank videos, and get out of Kettle Springs as quickly as they can. Kettle Springs is caught in a battle between old and new, Tradition and progress. It's a fight that looks like it will destroy the town until Frendo, the Bay Pen mascot, a creepy clown in a pork pie hat, goes homicidal and decides that the only way for Kettle Springs to grow back uh, to grow back is to cull the rotten crop of kids who live there now. Um, 
this would be on the um, kind of less uh, spoopy end of the beginner mm. recommendations. This one's like... This is more horror thriller, mm. yeah. This one would be really good if you enjoy slasher films. Mm. Um, so if you enjoy like Scream and stuff, this would be a good one. Um, obviously, along all of the content warnings, we're going to throw a big clowns in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to uni with someone who was terrified of clowns. Mm. And um, most of Halloween was spent on clown watch. <laughs> yeah, well, people dress up as clowns. I was just surprised how many people did. Because mm. we were in a club in Birmingham. They're, I guess it's an easy costume, yeah. isn't it, really? So I was on clown watch. So we'd literally be like, we'd spot a clown and just sort of clasp her to yeah. us until the clown was gone. Yeah, I, I'm really not a fan of clowns. I'm mm. better now. Um, but I watched the TV series It. Mm. Um, when I was too young to have watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to have um, a bunch of clown toys. Mm. I didn't even know the clown fear was a thing for people mm. until our friends come over and they were like, these are creepy. What the fuck is that clown doing? <laughs> well, I was at porcelain dolls, didn't I? Yeah. So like a lot of people who would refuse to sleep over and I'm mm. like, why? <laughs> There's just a thousand tiny faces staring at you and clowns. <laughs> What's your issue? <laughs> what is your problem? Um, the second book is called Clown and the Cornfield 2 Friendo Lives, and that came out last year. There is going to be a third as well, I believe. And also, I'm trying to think, because I follow him on uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram, and he was talking about there was, like, feelers being put out for a TV show, I think. Interesting. So, well, watch that would this be space, a good one. I guess. Yeah. Next one is one I recently spoke about. You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Barron. So this um, follows... Is that one? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one with that, I like that cover. Yeah. So um, Charity Curtis has the summer job of her dreams playing the final girl at Camp Mirror Lake. Guests pay to be scared in this full contact terror game as Charity and her summer crew recreate scenes from a classic slasher film, Curse at Camp Mirror Lake. Uh, Camp Mirror Lake, yeah. The most realistic, the better uh, for business. But the last weekend of the season, Charity's co-workers begin disappearing. And when one ends up dead, Charity's role as the final girl suddenly becomes all too real. If Charity and her girlfriend, Bessie, hope to survive the night, they'll need to figure out what this killer is after. Is there more to the story at Mirror Lake? And is the dangerous... Is, and it's dangerous past. Is there more to the story at Mirror Lake? And it's dangerous past. <laughs> than Charity ever suspected. There we go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is one of those ones that if you really enjoy uh, summer camp horror films, mm. you know, um, I know what you did last summer. Not I know what you did last summer. Um, Friday the 13th, um, anything along those kind of veins, Sleepaway Camp, mm. the Fear Street trilogy, I would say pick up this. It's not mm. too spooky. Well... So I don't it's mind. Not too spooky. I don't mind horror films. Like I can watch horror films and spooky films, mm. and they don't bother me at all. It's some. Re- it's books that do more to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I, I can watch like my friends because my friends know I'm pretty like an easy person to watch these with, because like they don't really freak me out that much. Mm. So like I have, fr- I have a friend who saves them to watch with me. It's like I need someone sensible here while I watch this. <laughs> um, but heart, it's just books. I don't know. Maybe mm. it's because it's my brain making the images. Yeah, exactly. They're worse for me. 
Yeah. Did um, you like? Do you remember Mama? It was a movie. What was it called? Sorry, Mama. Was that the Spanish one? Oh, I don't. Those two little girls found in the woods, and then like loads of creepy shit starts happening. Oh no, aunt. I haven't seen that one. No. Yeah. So like, it's their their mum goes mad and like leaves with the girls and like locks it goes to a cabin in the woods and dies. Mm. Um. And then the ghost of Mama haunts these two girls and then her sister, like, adopts them when they're found. And then loads and loads of creepy shit starts happening. Mm -hmm. And, like, all of that stuff is really spooky. Like, the kid talking to Invisible Mama. But then there's a bit where you literally just see Mama and all she's, like, all creepy and crawly and, like, like... Um, you can't see what I'm doing. No. But, <laughs> but it's fantastic. But, and then, but the thing is, once you see her, she's not scary anymore. Um, films that show the the ghouly goo. I'm, I'm immediately, much, yeah. I'm like, this is not frightening yeah. anymore. I just need to see little glimpses of it. Yeah. And the background, there's a film, um, what's it called? It came out like last year, I think. And um, do you remember the whole Momo thing? Kind of. Yeah, it's like a, it's like someone tried to kind of do a, a rip on that, and it's a terrible film. And they just show the ghoul the mm. whole time in its full glory. And it's, it's like, like the... it's not. I mean, it is creepy for me because mm. the imagery of it, but it's but it lost the creep like. Like the woman in me. black, you don't see her. Mm. She's so just scary. like this passing figure. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Um, the next one is House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. Mm. Um, this is a dark, twisty, modern fairy tale where three sisters discover they are not exactly all that they seem and evil things really do go bump in the night. Iris Hollow and her two older sisters are unquestionably strange. Ever since they disappeared on a suburban street in Scotland as children, only to return a month later with no memory of what had happened to them, Odd, eerie occurrences seem to follow in their wake, and they're changing. First their dark hair turned white, then their blue eyes slowly turned black. They have insatiable appetites, yet never gain weight. People find them disturbingly intoxicating, unbearably beautiful, and inexplicitly dangerous. But now, ten years later, 17-year-old Iris Hollow is doing all she can to fit in and graduate high school on time. Something her two famously glamorous, globe-trotting older sisters, Grey and Vivi, never managed to do. But when Grey goes missing without a trace, leaving behind bizarre clues as to what might have happened, Iris and Vivi are left to trace her last few days. They aren't the only ones looking for her, though. As they brush against the supernatural, they realise that the story they've been told about their past is unravelling, and a world that returns them seemingly unharmed ten years ago might just be calling them home. Um, this is so so good Uh, it's not like it's not it's um, it's like eerie scary like the atmosphere is spooky um, Mm. and the like not knowing is spooky Mm. I didn't mention but all of the ones that I've recommended so far are all queer books as well just FYI um, because why not it's nothing scarier than being queer (laughs) (laughs) and the last one in the beginner slash spoopy catalogue is a middle grade and it's one I recently read Mm. called Bella Bright and the Ghost Game by Carolyn Ward 
and this follows 11-year-old Bella Bright who has just moved into Darkling House in Castleton. On her first day at a new school, she is spotted by a pair of manipulative mean girls, Skylar and Regan. They push her into inviting them to a Halloween sleepover. Another mm. much friendlier girl, Lex, comes to Bella's rescue and offers to join the sleepover to support Bella, who is delighted to be making a real friend. On Halloween night, things start getting spooky for the four girls when the huge front door appears to shut itself and their mobile phones lose signal. They decide to order pizza using a landline, but a hair-raising whisper comes down the line. Mm. Skylar suggests they play hide-and-seek, but as she utters the words, the house appears to wobble and they discover all the exits are impossibly locked. Bella searches the manor and a ghostly teenage girl appears in front of her. She reveals herself to be Alice, a young girl who died in a house 150 years ago during a game of hide-and-seek gone terribly wrong. She has hidden Bella's three friends and gives Bella a rhyming clue to find them in the enormous and carnivorous house. Bella has until midnight. After that, Alice will get to keep the girls as their playmates forever. It's really, really eerie for a middle grade. Mm. Um, it's also illustrated and the images uh, are really like gross and <laughs> like a lie. <laughs> um, so yeah, and this is the one that I was sent by the publisher and it came mm. with a oh, letter. Yeah, yeah. And I, I finally opened that and it was a bonus chapter mm. from the ghost's point of view. Oh, okay. How was, was really that? Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was just such a cool experience. The book was, hey, honestly, it mm. was, it. the images got me and it's a middle grade. So. Interesting. Just saying. Check it out. <laughs> that might be my entry level spooky. Yeah, the middle grade one. <laughs> it gave me like Goosebumps vibes. Mm. So if you liked Goosebumps as a child, give it a try. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't really a big Goosebumps person. What about Are You Afraid of the Dark? No. We didn't mm. have that channel. We didn't have many good channels. But did you read the books? No. Oh. I was reading the ones with the pet ones. The one that, you know. Animal Ark. Yeah. My son reads them now, the new versions, and I'm like, I used to read these. I loved Animal Ark. I used to have so many. I had all the story tapes as well. Mm. Tapes. Not to show my age, but actual freaking tapes. (laughs) Cassette tapes. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to go into... um, What's our new category? All the other categories. We've just got two for each, Mm. because I didn't want to get too extreme. So we're going to start with, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, it's either Spora or Spora, Mm. and it's horror featuring spores yeah so the first one i did think um it's not on the list because i haven't read it but maybe that mm. the girl that moves the girl with all the gifts that would come onto this because that's like a sport thing that yeah, them, isn't it? yeah 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 maybe a little so bit. i think that would come onto this but i haven't read it so i can't recommend it um more creepy vibes like because the, the zombie plant people are like obviously eat humans mm. but when there's no humans or there's no like sound stimulus they just kind of like stand Zombie still about. And, like, yeah. yeah that sounds like a horror then mm. yeah. and then they have to like walk through the city full of them trying to not make noise like an episode of walking dead yeah understood mm-hmm. right first one is mexican gothic by sylvia marino garcia mm. which i've spoken about many a time but um, why not one more a lot of these i've spoken about many a time so <laughs> 
After receiving a frantic letter from her newlywed cousin begging for someone to save her from a mysterious doom, Naomi, Naomi, I always pronounce it wrong, Naomi uh, heads to High Place, a distant house in the Mexican countryside. She's not sure what she'll find. Her cousin's husband, a handsome Englishman, is a stranger, and Naomi knows little about the region. Naomi is about... Uh, Nomi is also an unlikely rescuer. She's a glamorous debutante and her chic gowns and perfect red lipstick are more suited for cocktail parties than amateur sleuthing. Mm. But she's also tough and smart and she is not afraid. Not of her cousin's new husband, who is both menacing and alluring. Not of his father, the ancient patriarch, who seems to be fascinated by Nomi, And not even of the house itself which begins to invade her dreams with visions of blood and doom. Mm. Her only ally in this inhospitable abode is the family's youngest son. Shy and gentle, he seems to want to help Naomi, but might also be hiding dark knowledge of his family's past, for there are many secrets behind the walls of High Place. The family's once colossal wealth and faded mining empire keep them from prying eyes. But as Naomi digs deeper, she unearths stories of violence and madness. Yeah, this one did sound really good when we did... Whenever you did so read it, good. we did the review on the podcast. Mm. This one sounded really good. It is so, so good. It's set in... I don't know if it's said in here, but it's set in, like, the 50s. Yeah, 1950s. Mm. So, you know, it's like an isolated yeah. place. Um, you can see, like the influences from lots of very good classic horror mm. um yeah it was really good like especially with the house being involved that mm. feels very like yeah. 18th the house century is like, like a, a character in it yeah yeah for some reason it's never listed on any of the content warnings but i know that this is a big trigger for some people so i will mm. I, I i don't think it's a spoiler so i will mention it um there is a discussion of eugenics in it mm. and i know that that can be a big trigger for some people and it's not listed on story graph so i will mention that mm. but yeah it's fantastic silver marino garcia is just i don't know how she does it she's quite like t kingfisher yeah and that she seems to be able to turn her hand to any genre and just spin gold so <laughs> I love like mm. authors like that as well, especially when they don't restrict themselves to a genre. No, no, and they write across them. I um, think that needs to be a thing now. Like, yeah. yeah, I would love to see Mexican Gothic as a TV show directed by Mike Flanagan. If someone could make that happen for me, please. Come on, get on it. Come on, Mike. No, you I must know, know you listen. You must know people who know people. <laughs> get a message to Mike. <laughs> I know you've done Haunting of Hill House and The Blind Manor. Mm. Now it's time that you do the Mexican Gothic. I'd be please. surprised if there's not going to be one, surely. Yeah, I just... Mm. When I really enjoy a book, I don't want it as a film anymore. I want a TV show. I want an mm. adaptation with money behind it and um, nothing cut out of the plot. So the next one in the Spora or Spora... How would you pronounce it? I think it's Spora... But should it be Spora because we're saying Spor. spores? Spora? Spora. 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 Yeah. And next one in the Spora is T. Kingfisher. Speaking mm -hmm. of T. Kingfisher. And actually T. Kingfisher, full <coughs> disclosure, is on this list twice. 
I did remove some, so I've managed. <laughs> I stopped myself down. with two. <laughs> Again, T. Kingfisher is a master of genres, but does horror particularly mm. well. Um, so yeah, What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. This was originally a standalone, but now mm. it's um, the first in a series. There's okay. a second one that's been announced called What Feasts at Night, and the covers look gorgeous together it's like the first one is a rabbit and the second one is a horse by looks of it and they're like being eaten quite similar to the second ninth ninth house book yeah 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 and they're being like eaten from the inside the the horse is being eaten from the inside the rabbit is like got loads of fungi growing across it just great covers they capture the essence very well so what Moves the Dead is a retelling of House of Usher. Yes, I remember this Who's one. Who's that by? It doesn't say here. Edgar Allan Poe. That's it. Um, I've not read that. I should do. I've read the original for school. Yeah. It was, was alright. I should read it. Mm. Um, That's another one where the house is like alive. Yeah, like an yeah. almost sentient house. Mm. Um, so this is a queer book, just FYI. When Alex Easton, a retired soldier, receives word that their childhood friend Madeline Usher is dying, they race to the ancestral home of the Ushers in the country in the remote countryside of Ruritania. It's like a um, fictional place. Okay. What they find there is a nightmare of fungal growths and possessed wildlife surrounding a dark, pulsing lake. Madeline sleepwalks and speaks in strange voices at night and her brother Roderick is consumed with a mysterious malady of the nerves. Aided by a reputable British mycologist? Mycologist. Mycologist? Can I see it? Yeah. He's brought in... Mycologist? He's yeah. brought him to do something with the plant life, if mm. I remember correctly. Um, and a baffled American doctor, Alex must unravel the secret of the House of Usher before it consumes them all... There is some scenes in this that really, really get under my skin, which is an odd phrasing when you think about it. Yeah. I listened to this as an audio when mm. I was in hospital. Um, I was, you know, potentially done a sepsis after giving birth. So you know what's and, like a um, good thing to listen to? This. <laughs> so I listened to this. You did right up. <laughs> I listened to this and I listened to um, Undertaken of Heart and Mercy mm. um, and I was lucky enough or at risk of dying enough that I had a private room on the ward uh, so I listened to it out loud as yeah. well and it was just really creepy mm. did you have any nurses come in while you were listening? yeah I had to what because I was being checked on every four hours and then my daughter was being checked on every four hours but with two hours difference they didn't check on us at the same time that's nice that would have been way too helpful especially during the night (laughs) but look they I didn't die so what can you know I'm happy (laughs) and my baby didn't die and And it was all three yeah apart from parking Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if that added to the experience of it being sleep deprived. Yeah, hospitals are spooky. Trying not to die. Yeah. <laughs> spooky hospitals. I could hear like people's alarms and beepings mm. going off all night. At night, hospitals are really spooky. 
Yeah, well, like, I mean, I've not, I worked for a hospital mm. and I used to have to go in like the underground corridors that oh, are for yeah, staff. Yeah. And some like of those. Disneyland. Would like, you, obviously, you don't know if it's night or day down there. Mm. So, like, you go down in the underground, it's like, I, this could be any time. It's yeah. so creepy down there. Yeah. And um, was featured in a lot of, I used to have zombie nightmares. Don't worry about it. Um, that underground area of the hospital featured in many of the zombie nightmares. Yeah. Because before you learnt your way around, it was just like a wall. Have you had those nightmares since you left working there? I have Not had... They come back whenever I'm stressed. Okay. They're like, they're like my stress dreams. Yeah, like, as yeah. soon as I get zombie nightmares, I'm like... Oh, oh I'm stressed. Something's going on. <laughs> like, this is that's one of my, my warning flags that are like, I maybe do a bit more self-care. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, one time I had a zombie dream about being on a boat. And there was a zombie breakout that happened on the boat and I was trapped you on the boat. You can't get away, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I mean, it sounds very f- uh, very similar, have you ever seen, like, videos of the employee bit of Disneyland or Disney World? Because they're underground tunnels oh. as well and they it's really easy to get lost there. Yeah. And I watch, I've, I've got into this rabbit hole on YouTube of... Um, the abandoned attractions at Disney World because mm. they build four attractions and they're so wealthy when they decide not to go ahead of it they just leave it set up yeah um until they want to use the space or the pieces for some girls and I've seen where um people have got into those staff tunnels by mistake mm. and recorded it and they've got lost because it's like an yeah. absolute it's like a literal maze and then they end up in like an abandoned attraction mm. and it just looks horrific yeah yeah Oh my god! Imagine being that wealthy—you can just abandon a whole attraction. I did go to. There's an abandoned theme park in the middle of the Vietnamese jungle, and they mm. like just drove us out to that. Well, we had to go on just bikes. for nightmares. We had to go on motorbikes through the. It was quite cool actually. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, it's become a bit of a tourist hotspot since mm. then. The influencers I found would it. Quite like to because it's that. like it's got like dragons and stuff. That sounds really cool. It's like very Chinese architecture, but in Vietnam. Mm. Um, and it's in the middle of a jungle. And yeah, it's quite cool. I'll show you pictures if you remind me later. Yeah, please do. But that was weird because we got just driven through a jungle on motorbikes and no warning. I guess it's like, I, I find, I'm very like conflicted, but I find the images and videos of like Chernobyl very mm. interesting. Um, But I'm also very aware that it was a horrible tragedy. Yeah. So I feel guilty about wanting to look at those pictures so maybe that might be a good <laughs> look at well, something like that it's just interesting to see how nature reclaims yeah, a space that's why I like it it reminds me mm. of like um, The Last of Us the video mm. games and now a TV show I believe like, so should you it. look at the stuff as it's totally a tangent mm. how the dogs have evolved differently the yeah. dogs that have grown up in that highly irradiated area yeah. and how yeah they've evolved to cope with that and how they differ from modern dogs, and also whether all those... And there's rabbits as well, though. Yeah, but all, like, the pet dogs were all different breeds, mm. how they've become one homogenous kind of group. I've not seen... Yeah, so it's all, like, well, they've all inbred so much, there's no, you can't really see distinctive breed types anymore. I remember something about a school when they were talking about it, and they were saying, like, anyone up that was born up to a certain date had would have had radiation in them or whatever from the... Um, so I think um, I remember our teacher saying like the year I was born would we would have still had like when my mum was pregnant mm. she would have had some of that radiation so I would have been born with some of that radiation 
Which is crazy. I'm sure because our editor is currently well. screaming at us. This is incorrect. Look, this was at school long ago, and um, I have a bad memory. And I went to school in the area that we live in, so I... just saying. Suspect <laughs> education. Mm. Anyway, back on topic. Cosmic horror. Okay. Mm. Oh no, no! I know what one you're going to talk about. That one really scared me out. Oh, I might not be. Okay. I might be. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about the twisted ones by T. Kingfisher. Visiting again, and there's another one. Mm. Might be the one you're thinking. I read a few cosmic horrors at the yeah. beginning of the year, didn't I? I don't know why they freak me out because it's, it's space. I don't know. <laughs> no, neither. That one's not involved. Don't worry. You're thinking right. of dead silence. Well, yeah, was the one where it's the ship? And yeah, it's no, like don't worry. I didn't write that on this Yay. list. But Dead Silence is a good book. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is The Twisted Ones. Um, when Mouse's dad asks her to clean up... Her her characters always have great names, mm. don't they? Because um, the one... The main character in The Hollow Places is called Carrot. It's like their nicknames, mm. yeah. What's the main character in the No, she the has bakery? a normal name. Oh. Mona, I think it is. But then her she's a friend called Spindle. Oh yes. Yeah. So there's always like mm. When Mouse's dad asks her to clean out her dead grandmother's house, she says yes. After all, how bad can it be? The answer is pretty bad. Grandma was a hoarder and her house is stuffed with useless rubbish. That would be horrific enough, but there's more. Mouse stumbles across her great uh, step grandfather's journal which at first seems to be filled with nonsensical rants. Nonsensical rants, sorry. Until Mouse encounters some of the terrifying things he described for herself. Alone in the woods with her dog, Mouse finds herself face to face with a series of impossible terrors because sometimes the things that go bump in the night are real and they're looking for you. And if she doesn't face them head on, she might not survive to tell the tale. This genuinely kept me up some nights did it oh yeah it does sound a bit and it has this little thing where the more the characters kind of let the twisted ones into their mind they'll be having a conversation then they'll just start saying the twisted ones whilst they're having a conversation Mm. and it's really creepy and that just was in my head for ages afterwards. Did you find yourself being like in a conversation and just thinking the twisted, the twisted ones? One. And yeah, like, it's coming for me. Yeah, I was like, it's literally coming for me. Yeah, um, probably on purpose. <laughs> yeah, easily on this list on the cosmic horror, I could have added the Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher as well. But mm. I said to go for twisted ones because it fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one is. This Thing Between Us by Gus Marino. And this is about a an ITSA, which is like the book's version of an Alexa speaker or a Google oh, speaker. Oh, yes, I do remember yeah. this one. So it was Vera's idea to buy the ITSA, the world's most advanced smart speaker. Didn't interest Tiago, but Vera thought it would be a bit of fun for them amidst the strange occurrences happening in the condo. It made things worse. The cold spots and scratching in the walls were weird enough but peculiar packages started showing up at the house. Who ordered industrial lie? Then there was the eerie music at odd hours. Tiago waking up to it's a projecting light shows in an empty room. It was funny and strange, right up until Vera was killed, and Tiago's world became unbearable. Pundits and politicians all looking to turn his wife's death into a symbol for their own agendas. A barrage of texts from her well-meaning friends about letting go and moving on, Waking to the sound of Itza, 
talking softly to someone in the living room. The only thing left to do was to get away from Chicago, away from everything and everyone. A secluded cabin in Colorado seemed like the perfect place to hold up, hold up with his crushing, uh, crushing grief. But soon Diego realises there's no escape, not from his guilt, not from his simmering rage, and not from the evil hunting him, feeding on his grief, determined to make its way into the world. So this is like Ooh. a horror about grief and loneliness and technology like a black mirror episode yeah it does sound a bit black mirror so good because like they're always listening yeah we have a uh, google in a google hub in the bedroom mm. which you obviously learnt when you stayed did it bother you um didn't really use it i even turned your lights on and off manually at the oh, wall yeah. yeah um I just chose to ignore it <laughs> sometimes it tries to talk to me and i'm like hey shush i'm not talking to you <laughs> <laughs> shush demon <laughs> mm. and we had it when we lived at my in-laws and um my mother-in-law really didn't like it and mm. like sometimes it would just be her in house and um the google would be like i'm sorry i didn't understand you and she'd get really freaked out <laughs> um yeah my nana's used to randomly go off all the time yeah in her kitchen so did her old radio though but like, yeah, so uh, my mother-in-law was like, it's like it's always listening. I'm like, but they do. By definition, yeah. they have to always be listening because how can they hear you say, okay, Google or whatever? To be fair, when I so when I worked in a tech store, I worked in a second-hand tech store, and this is before they fixed this thing, mm. or they got rid of the feature anyway. If you ask the Alexa, do you work for the government, she used to shut herself down. Yeah. <laughs> And I think someone like built that in as a joke. Done. Yeah. Um, but people genuinely used to get so concerned. It reminds me of, um, you know, when these um, things go around Facebook to scare the, yeah. the the olders, the boomers. Yeah. Put this as your status so that and someone so can't use your images. Your photo. Yeah. <laughs> and when the thing went round about how um, WhatsApp and uh, like google messenger they have access to your speaker they're listening mm. in and i'm like well yeah you need to give them permission to do voice notes like yeah. how else are you giving how else are they doing voice notes like it's not it's not as seedy as you think and no they're just going to use it to sell you stuff anyway and yeah anyway you you give facebook permission to do that i don't understand yeah. what your issue is you already have all of these apps on your phone that you've given permission to do that so the person i'm dating won't have like social media for these reasons mm. but then has amazon and google which and is just WhatsApp as bad yeah and reddit and youtube and i'm like they are still listening whatsapp is owned by facebook isn't mm. it now so <sighs> i know that's not the only reasons i feel like if we listen to this will be cross yeah no, no my, many layered reasons but no i mean we should step away from social media it's a i feel like but... it's one of those things it's if it if it's not harmful to you live and let live like mm. i'm one of the people that i can see things online and they don't affect me that deeply and i can just be like swipe off and like I, and I also believe you can control your algorithm to a certain extent so if you're seeing harmful content it's because you're interacting with it yeah and these algorithms are built they're clever so just swipe away put do the i do not want to see this except for the youtube algorithm that's not clever no that will always send you down a right wing rabbit hole yeah everything leads to conspiracies on so i think yeah how you use social media is down to the individual person because like it doesn't bother me i don't get addicted to it i can put it down like all of my social media apps have a limit of how much i can use in a day i Mm. have like that thing set up i Um, don't have limiters i probably should i think 
remind me of one for TikTok, but I feel like once I'm back at work, that'll stop anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so next we're going to do uh, biological horror. Mm. It's just what I named it. I don't know if that's the actual Ah, oh, these aren't real genres. These are tally genres. Until now, they have been real oh, ones. Okay. But this one is... A tally genre. The one I made up, yeah. It could be real, who knows. So, the first one is Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. And this is the first in the Southern Reach series. This has a film. I think it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, so, uh, Area X has been cut off from the rest of... So, also, Cosmic, Spora, and a Biological Horror, all very mm. kind of interlinked. I just wanted to set them out. Okay. them out. You can see what's scaring me at the moment, because I didn't really go for, like, yeah. witches and clowns This is definitely affected stuff. by a pandemic, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this whole thing's being airborne and spread. Yeah, definitely. I reckon this has been influenced by... I think it's, like, more... The worldwide trauma It's more horrific, because we've gone through mm. something recently. Yeah. Um, and you've seen how quickly something like that did get released into the world. Yeah, I've, I've now... I've always... I used to always think, well, people would just not spread it. But now I know people would and they wouldn't care. Yeah. Now I know people would happily let other people Gotta die... Gotta live your life, you? So that they can go buy toilet roll or whatever. Yeah. Gotta live my life. Mm. Don't, don't give a shit that I'm other people. Can't put my life on hold for COVID forever. No, no, no. I'm not going to get a jab, though. Which is something that someone at my boyfriend's workplace recently said came in with COVID and was like, oh, I'm not going to put my life on hold for COVID. What about everyone else's and then life? couldn't understand where he was like, well, what if someone's got a grandma or a parent who's like vulnerable? Or just someone here yeah, is vulnerable like, and you don't know. Yeah. They've got a chronic illness, they've got cancer, they're like medically compromised. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still happening. So yeah, yeah that's why I think right. these are more horrors that play on our minds. Yeah, because... now I know how how mm. the humans would act. I'm mm. like, yeah, do you know what? This could happen. <laughs> Area X has been cut off from the rest of the <laughs> continent for decades. Nature has reclaimed the last vestiges of human civilization. The first expedition returned with reports of a pristine landscape. The second expedition ended in mass suicide. The third expedition in a hail of gunfire as its members turned on one another. The members of the 11th expedition returned as shadows of their former selves and within weeks all had died of cancer. In Annihilation, the first volume of Jeff Vandermeer's Southern Reach trilogy, we join the 12th expedition. The group is made up of four women, an anthropologist, a surveyor, a psychologist, uh, the de facto leader, and our narrator, the biologist. Their mission is to map the terrain, record all observations of their surroundings and of one another, and above all, avoid being contaminated by Area X itself. They arrive expecting the unexpected and Area X delivers. They discover a massive topographic anomaly. It's really testing you today, isn't it? They discover stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And life forms that surpass understanding. But it's the surprises that come across the border with them and the secrets the expedition expedition members are keeping from each other that change everything. So this one, I've not seen the film yet, Mm. but I'm sure this film is going to have that kind of beauty of the nature reclaiming Mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that one's... So do they know why Area X was like cut off? No. Oh, okay. No, and they're like. So I'm wondering why they're sending in expeditions when it's like some. 
that's been cut. Mm. That's a good question. So it's a series. Mm. I don't know. I can't remember how many books it is. I think it's three. Like, I just wonder if you have like 11 groups of people come back fucked up at that point. You're like, you know what? Live and let live. Yeah. But the government want to know, mm. obviously. The next one in the biological horror. Mm. The Ruins by Scott Smith. I recently talked about this. Okay. So, craving an adventure to wake them from their lethargic Mexican holiday before they return home, four friends set off in search of one of their own who has travelled to the interior to investigate an archaeological dig in the Mayan ruins. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm remembering this one now. This has a film. The film shit. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> After a long journey into the jungle, the group come across a partly camouflaged trail and a captivating hillside covered with red flowers. Lured in by these, the group move closer until they happen across a gun-toting Mayan horseman who orders them away. In the midst of the confrontation, one of the groups steps inadvertently backwards onto the flowering vine, and at that moment the world changes forever. The vines are alive. <laughs> In case you the didn't pick up on the gun deck. To them. <laughs> okay, I've got three more. All this right. group has three. This is a new... Um, what's the word? I'm a new type of horror that I've okay. discovered. A new subgenre, and it's called academic horror. It's not okay. the same as dark academia, though. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so the first one is one that I literally read the other day, and it's called "Feed Them Silence" by Lee Mandelo, mm. and um, this is a novella. And uh, it says, what does it mean to be in kind with a non-human animal? Or in Dr. Sean Kelludden's case, to be in kind with one of the last remaining wild wolves. So this is set in like a near future when Mm. uh, a lot of animals are dying off because of climate issues. Um Using a neurological interface to translate her animal subject's perception through her own mind, Sean intends to chase both her scientific curiosity and her secret lifelong desire to experience the intimacy and freedom of wolfishness, to see the world through wolf uh, through animal eyes, smell the forest thick with messages, even taste the blood and viscera of a fresh kill, and above all, to feel the belonging of a pack. Sean's tireless research gives her a chance to fulfil that dream, but pursuing it has a terrible cost. So um, they've come up with this um, system that means that she they implant something in mm. the wolf's brain and something in Sean's brain, and when she goes into this thing, she experiences it through the wolf's uh, eyes okay. and emotions, and she just kind of devolves a bit. like She goes a bit mad or goes a bit... Animally or kind of both and kind of neither. Okay, it's a really interesting book. It did not go in the direction I thought. Mm. Um, but it was really really good. Okay, very kind of eerie, very scientific. It's novella, so it's not very mm. not very long. Next one is Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas. Everyone read this, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that you mentioned this one. About. A few times. <laughs> every time I can. Um, so, Catherine House is a school of higher mm. learning like no other. 
hidden deep in the woods of rural Pennsylvania, this crucible of form of reformist liberal arts study with its experimental curriculum, wildly selective admissions policy and formidable endowment has produced some of the world's best minds. Mm. Prize-winning authors, artists, inventors, Supreme Court justices, presidents, and for those lucky few selected, tuition, room and board are three. Free. Oh, but acceptance comes at, with a price. Students are required to give the house three years, summers included, completely removed from the outside world. Family, friends, television, music, even their clothing must all be left behind. In return, the school promises a future of sublime power and prestige and that its graduates can become anything or anyone they desire. Mm. It's very atmospheric. The house is a character in the story. Mm. I just love it and I feel like not enough people are talking about it and a lot of the people that are talking about it just don't like it and I don't know why. (laughs) Really? What do they say when they don't like it? It's slow and boring. And there's no... It's plotless. It's plotless. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what you like, isn't it? (laughs) And I was looking up the author... Because this came out in 2020 and I've literally been talking about it ever since. Mm -hmm. And the author's not written anything else yet. And I need something else written, please, and thank you. Come on now. And the last one from this section. A Deadly Education Mm. by Naomi Novik, the Scholarman series. Now, you might be saying, is this a horror? You are correct. It does not come under horror, but it is 100% an academic horror. Mm. So, we're mentioning it. We've found the loophole. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, this one is... um, I decided that Orion Lake needed to die after the second time he saved my life. Everyone loves Orion Lake. Everyone else, that is. Far as I'm concerned, he can keep his flashy combat magic to himself. I'm not enjoying his pack of adoring fans. I don't need help surviving the Scholomance, even if they do. Forget the hordes of monsters and cursed artefacts. I'm probably the most dangerous thing in the place. Just give me a chance and I'll level mountains and kill untold millions. Make myself the dark queen of the world. At least that's what the world expects. Most of the other students in here would be delighted if Ryan killed me like one more evil thing that's crawled out of the drains. Sometimes I think they want me to turn into the evil witch they assume I am. The school certainly does. So it is, you know, it is more of a dark fantasy, mm. dark academia. Yeah, the school is essentially just trying to kill them all the time. Yeah. Um, But I think that's a really good mm. book to pick up. And just because this is a new term I discovered, so let me just explain what um academic horror is. Mm. So... um. Academic horror is a uh, subgenre of academia. Um, visually, it takes horror such as cosmic or, or love, Lovecraftian horror and applies it to academia. Mm. Um, so, in terms of like, um, in terms of literature to do with uh, academic horror, mm. why am I really struggling with all of these words today? Um, in terms of literature it's usually um, let me find the exact term that I found Um, okay so unlike dark academia academic horror is not about finding the beauty in study it's about um, 
commiserating the dark curiosity, grueling work and willpower that goes into the pursuit of Ooh. knowledge. So it's about the strange, the terrifying, the darkest part of the stacks of reference. Um, and to call it beautiful would be a lie. So it's like dark academia kind of romanticises it. Yeah. And uh, academic horror more uh, is more like with the darker side of it. It's not quite, it. Yeah, it's not romanticising it. It's yeah, not, I can see how daily education fits in that. Yeah, yeah, it's not days like sitting in the sun reading a book. Mm. It's you're going into the Cozy darkest. Cozy library stacks. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not that. No, it's you're going into the darkest depths of science and research and mm. academia and you're going to lose yourself on the way and... That's my experience of academia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the romanticised version I've only found in uh, TV shows. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that is my little list. I hope Ooh, at least one of these uh, is something you might want to read or pick up. Please let us know if you do pick up any of these on my recommendation. I would love that. Yeah, I always like, wonder if people pick up things from our rec list. Yeah, like, please let us know. <laughs> um, please follow us on tiktok or instagram um or you can join our facebook group that we've made it's called lazy book lovers podcast yeah. um and we want to start a like informal casual community over there where we can chat mm. so you can come over there and let me know if you read any of these yeah. books or if you have any recommendations that would be great or things for us to read mm. or to do uh, to do a rec list for please yeah because we can do the searching of the internet and bring it to you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and if you liked this episode, please rate and review it. If you leave a written review in particular that helps the algorithm gods push this episode mm-hmm. and the podcast to more people to see. We've also got our 100th episode fast approaching and we would love to do a Q&A episode. So if you have any questions, please let us know. You could drop it anywhere in DMs, comments, etc. But Tony has also made a form which you'll find in our card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Happy yeah. Halloween. I hope you get lots of spooky weekend. fun reading and watching of spooky films I'm done. I'm going to a Barbie and Ken themed Halloween party. Of course. There's going to be so many Halloween costumes yeah. of Barbie and Ken this year. I don't know. I was like, this, this is a really cool idea. But then I was looking at like the spooky stuff in the shop I went to last night. I was like, oh, I'm kind of sad I'm not wearing like a super tacky spooky outfit though. Maybe you could look at what um, horror Barbies what if there's well, been any uh, no, i'm going as weird barbie so i'm wondering oh, if i do okay. that weird spooky barbie yeah that'd be fun because i couldn't be i was like oh if i set out not to look pretty on purpose then that's then fine winning. yeah <laughs> definitely yeah um, and anyway, my son is gonna be deadpool and he's like can i have a real gun and i'm like no no mummy doesn't know how to get a real gun can i have a gun <laughs> with fake bullets and i was like no <laughs> are you gonna shoot people with those fake bullets when we're out yes, <laughs> yes. are you gonna shoot your baby sister yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> right wish me luck anyway <laughs> bye guys Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.